0: Welcome to the Nix, where we talk about pop culture until we can't stand it anymore, and we nix it. I'm Fanny Darling. And I'm
1: Justin Hartung.
0: As always, here's your quick warning that there might be spoilers for anything that we talk about on this podcast, but we do our best to let you know that they're coming. This episode, we're talking about Why the Last Man. Yay. It's the adaptation of the graphic novel we've been talking about for, I don't know, five years? And here's our plea. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcast app, Podchaser, Podbean, Stitcher, or CastBox. Or, you know, wherever you find us, just do it. Send us an email. Tell us you love us.
1: We're getting lonely in COVID. Send us some mail. Yeah.
0: We're not proud. We'll let you know that that we think terrible things about ourselves. And unless you tell us nice things, we believe that you believe them.
1: Do it. Do it. Should we... Yeah. Go to our main topic, Justin. Let's do it. As okay. you mentioned, Why the Last Man, which we have certainly been talking about at the very least since we yeah. started this podcast.
0: We have waited long enough. Let's talk about
1: this Let's, fucking thing. It's actually here. I feel like we better talk about it before we just sort of wake up and realize it was all just a dream and that we're still waiting for it another decade. So... Oh. um so this is not. Am I going to be in
0: the shower like like Patrick Duffy? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nobody shot Jr. Totally. <laughs> For kids, ask your parents. Right,
1: right. Or new heart in bed. Yeah. With the first new heart wife. I right. Think. Or yeah. ask your grandparents.
0: <laughs> right. Anyway, we're old.
1: Um, so this is an adaptation of the early aughts, a word I hate, but I'm going to say because I don't know how else to describe this. A comic series by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. Mm-hmm. Um, after a plague kills everything on the earth that has a Y chromosome, Yorick and his pet monkey ampersand, best um, pet monkey name ever, yes. try to solve the mystery of why they're still alive. Uh, Diane, Ma- <laughs> Why are we still alive? <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that. Sorry. Uh, Diane Lane plays his mom, who ends up as the president. Ashley Romans plays Agent 355, who's been tasked with protecting Yorick. Uh, running at the cast are Olivia Thurlby, what a name, as the sister hero, um, Elliot Fletcher as her best friend, and Amber Tamblin as the conservative daughter of the former president. He
0: the, died because
1: he's a man. He got some why. <laughs> um, the showrunner is Eliza Clark, who's worked on Animal Kingdom, The Killing, and other shows. Uh, this has been a very, very long anticipated show for both of us. Fanny, did it live up to your expectations? I guess let's go no spoilers first for anybody that's interested, and then we'll go into spoilers.
0: Yes. I don't know if you heard me snapping, but there was lots of snaps for those things. First off, Diane Lane and her amazing hair. So glad to see you back. And all I can see is her standing in like the, the Francis Ford Coppola, like sunset swath thing saying can you see the sunset pony boy it's the same from my side of town and she's been with us for most of my life diane lane has been
1: good and under like she's just underrated in a lot of ways
0: yeah i think but then at the same time everybody knows she's good all the time yeah and you know even before she played cherry and the outsiders which is what i am referencing when i say that uh she was, she's just a good, solid performer who seems like a good, solid person, and I'm glad she's no longer with Josh Brolin because that seemed somewhat toxic. Did it. Yeah. Okay. When when I play my trivia game, it's going to be who was with whom. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. That's just what I know. Um, I. I Think Elliot Fletcher, who I just love, and has talked to my son on Twitter because our dogs look alike, and he's kind to my kids. So I was gonna love you anyway. Plus, you're adorable, and you're a good actor. Oh my god, yes! And um, Eliza Clark, I've we know everybody knows I like Animal Kingdom. I loved the killing. I love Joe um, and uh, Marielle Enos. So I feel like they are doing the right things here. I was so prepared for them to screw this all the way up. And I feel like they didn't screw it all the way up. And I'm really happy. I feel like they're doing the comic book justice, but they have also updated it um, in thoughtful ways, which shows uh, from their casting and their, uh, their writing staff. We talked about that before. Go back and listen, but Charlie Jane Anders, uh, I think was a really smart addition to their staff and that they are taking into account things that might not have been taken into account 20 years ago when the comic was written. It's dark. It's depressing. It's also funny and well acted and well thought out for our times has a lot to say, not just about this strange apocalyptic world that they've invented, but about our world, too. I am very, very happy with what they're doing. What do you think, Justin?
1: I am totally on board. Um, I. It's funny. I. It's so, because we've been so excited about it, and I think thinking that it was probably just going to get fucked up, been, it's various incarnations, so many people have been in, attached to this. Um, and then all the changes, I've heard so much stuff about basically it, some people are feeling like very like oh they're deviating so much for the comic and the comic's this brilliant thing and I think Brian K Vaughn is a brilliant writer and I love him but I can see the flaws in this thing from twenty years ago that are like wow like well, I'm so glad to be engaged with this um, it's like something can be good and still be worth kind of reckoning with and um, adapting and they've just yep. done such a good job kind of thinking about all of that I think the casting as you said is spot on Diane Lane is so good frickin' romans uh as agent 355 who, who where's this woman been hiding she's
0: great she's uh, Maren Ireland, ireland character yeah. actor who's been in all kinds of stuff has a has a role in this that i don't necessarily remember from the comics and she is really great
1: yeah yeah the monkey looks great yep um it's really digging into kind of like the real, in a way that the show I don't necessarily think did, or the, the, comic. the comic, it really digs into, like, well, what are all these jobs that women have been sort of shunted to the side for? And how will they figure this out, you know, knowing that they obviously have the capability, but they just have not had the access? Yep. And it's s- smart about that in a way. I don't remember the comic necessarily being. Right.
0: And in the comic... Like they're walking through the ruins of towns, yeah. but they don't really go into, okay, so, but it's like, okay, so half the world died, but why did, why is it, did everything come to a screeching halt? And that it sort of reckons with that of, okay, half the population of the world stopped. That means it doesn't mean that men were all so powerful. It just means that women didn't have access to some of these jobs and everybody panicked and also went into mourning and... Been very interesting with that, and um, I don't know if we go into spoilers. When yeah, we start let's to just talk about spoilers. the trans let's stuff. Let's go there now, okay? Because because yeah. I don't want to go too into spoilers yeah. for the show, but yeah. to talk about the the way that they're dealing with trans men and, yeah. and that so type of stuff. let's Give you a little
1: like uh, one um, adorable CGI monkey, oh, so um, two uh, get a clue, dude, she's not that into you. <laughs> Three um, monkeys, m- more monkeys, yeah. Monkeys. yeah.
0: we love you monkeys
1: so spoilers ahead so what do you want to talk about with the trans representation
0: I just think that they're doing a really good job of reckoning with it when they didn't even really touch it in the comics like I remember a line or two yeah but they um, I mean Elliot Fletcher's performance uh, Elliot Fletcher is a trans man and his performance uh, particularly in the last episode yeah were stunning but there's one uh episode where he 's deciding whether he stays with hero or he goes on with with his trans men friends and they take all of the testosterone and the idea that he can 't get anymore, and nobody else realizing what a big deal that is to him right and and when he says it, it was heartbreaking and uh, of they took all the testosterone with them, and all of the pharmacies have been cleared out and I just, I think that, you know, and and Diane Lane has a a line early on about all of the, yeah, there's plenty of men, just none with a Y chromosome. And this this nod toward this is the actual world that we live in now, and we understand so much more of the gender spectrum, I really appreciate. And I just, I think they're doing a great job with that, and I like that, They've almost made that a theme that it really should have, like it makes so much sense that of course that would be a theme because why the last man and what is a man and what makes a man and, and it's right there in the title, the Y chromosome is what they're actually talking about. I love that they didn't just ignore that, that they went ahead and embraced it and are talking about it. And it's, it's a theme of the show and I respect that they're meeting that head on.
1: That's all. And we're already seeing, unfortunately, but, the uh, turf, turf gangs. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, you immediately are like, I know who this is.
0: Um, <laughs> oh, look, it's J.K. Rowling! Yeah.
1: <laughs> Unexpected cameo by J.K. Rowling.
0: Biological sex! Um,
1: yeah. Um, also, I really, I have to say, like, Amber Tamblyn is she's a conservative, great. like, what a repugnant, gross character, and yet she's, like, so watchable, like, you sort of... I think that's what's so good about the show right now is they keep just being like, okay, whoever they are, they're still the same people after this apocalypse. And, like, what do they want? And, like, their their beliefs are thrown into such, like, stark, like, here's my opportunity to, like, pursue my beliefs that you sort of end up, like, just engaging with everybody in the show in an interesting way.
0: Yeah. Though, I mean, one of the very first things that you hear about writing is... In the scene, everybody wants something. And what do you want? Even if it's a glass of water, how do you move the scene? And they do a really good job of showing all of the characters what they want from scene to scene. Um, And I think that's really awesome. Let's talk about uh, the main siblings of the show. Yeah. Because I think we have somewhat varying opinions on some of this, and I'd be interested. Yeah. Tell me what you think of Yorick and Hero.
1: So what's interesting is that I've seen a lot of commentary about People being like, I don't like Hero. He's terrible. He... Oh, sorry. Hero's no, I mean Yorick.
0: Okay. Um,
1: <laughs> that basically Yorick is annoying and whiny and immature and bratty. And I'm kind of like, that's I mean, Cosine. The he is point but that's... of the thing. It's like he has his own arc. He's like very paralyzed, and he's also sort of a challenge of what traditional masculinity is in a way. Right. Um, I think almost more so in this than in the comic. Um, I think
0: they have made him sort of almost more likable in his bumfuckery um, than in the comic. I I certainly like him more than I like Yorick in the comic. But also, I feel like he's more aware of his flaws, and that may be updated in the last 20 years. He's more aware of, I'm a bumbling idiot. Yeah. than than he was in the comics there was a I really good that.
1: scene in the most recent episode I thought where all of his insecurities sort of really boiled yep. over to his mom and like I thought that was well done I don't remember that scene from the comics at all no. and it sort of did you know pull me over to the side a little bit I think heroes super okay, interesting. I think this is
0: where our our big, yeah. uh, our disagreement may my lie
1: okay what about what specifically I don't
0: I want to slap her and tell her to grow up and go get to go get to her mom and get her friend to her mom. Oh, she's, and a, say,
1: she's a mess.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> want her to be like I want to be like, "Hey, buck up, little camper, Yeah. and your friend that gave everything up for you, yeah. you buck up and you go to your mom because you ha because this is the world where you have something yeah. and you notice that it's all not about you and the fact that the guy that you were fucking died and I'm sorry and that's really hard, well, but it, this it guy just got, accident, you know, but- yeah. I, I get that, but this, and I, I get that that was traumatizing, but this guy just let his friends leave with all the testosterone. You claim you care about him, and you, yeah. you are ride or die. You find your fucking mom,
1: and you help your friend. Oh, I don't think we're supposed to... I think she's got it all figured out. No, I don't think she's got it all
0: figured out. I, no, I, don't very, figured out. Yeah. I just don't have much sympathy for her. Yeah. Oh, poor me. I can't go see my mom because I'll have a panic attack right, I right. want it. It irritates me. I'm yeah. like, no. You need to go see your mom and help your friend. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I,
1: I really do not remember. Like, I keep thinking about, oh, I should look at the, the wiki page and see... Right. The arcs of these characters because it's been so long since I've read it that I don't even remember. Right,
0: I let it read it in like the last four years. Yeah, I think, so I'm
1: curious. Like, I have no. I'm like, does hero become a bad guy? I can't remember. I'm just, she does. Yeah. Spoiler alert: back. She does because she yeah. doesn't
0: know that it's Yorick that's the last right. man, and so she gets very Stockholm syndrome with the right. women of the Amazon and goes yeah. after them. Um, and she does. Spoiler alert! Again, she does. Then when she realizes it's Yorick, she does turn to the right side. Right, but uh, right. she is going, and I just, I understand that this is an interesting, and, and I get, but this poor meanness of her just, I, yeah. the, the, it's nice that you get to feel that way of, you know, yeah, your mom was a congressman and now she's the president, but you can't, oh, you know, you can't get your shit together to deal with it, you know? They're
1: both kind of just spoiled. Fucked up kids at this point. I don't think
0: Sam's nearly as spoiled or fucked up. I don't think he got to be. Yeah. And I think she got to be.
1: Yeah. Um, man, they did a good job on the monkey.
0: The monkey is so good and so. I mean, you know, he's CGI, but he's. I love. Yeah, and it's not
1: distractingly CGI. They did a really nice job on it. Um, I'm very curious how they're gonna map this out into something like a three or four season show. Like it already feels like. Wow, this is going to be like done and over. Like, what's good? But I guess they can just keep spinning new stories in yeah, the world. Yeah, they but, can.
0: As um, long as I don't go walking dead of, and here's your new en- enemy. And oh, this enemy's yeah. bigger than the last enemy. And,
1: right. Yeah. Um, but overall, I'm really enjoying it. It's thoughtful, it's got a real tone. I, I would say anyone who likes uh, Battlestar Galactica, the reboot, it's got a little of that, like, kind of intensity but with just like a little bit of levity worked in it's, it's striking a nice tone that I really appreciate um, doesn't stress me out as an apocalyptic show which is good and it doesn't have any stupid like religious androids in it so that's nice yeah we don't like religious um. androids they're bad <laughs> All right, anything else or should we move on?
0: We should move on.
1: Okay. What else did you do? What I mean, ed- we
0: can do yeah, uh, let's start with uh we did what you saw there because I did what we saw there a little bit bigger than you, but it also yep. can be sort of a sure. like a you know, yeah. a mini main topic. I watched all of the episodes of uh, Midnight Mass. Justin watched two, paid attention to one. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> did we see two? Yeah. I yeah, we, we watched we two, but you were only tuned into one, which is totally <laughs> fine.
0: Um and this is Mike Flanagan's new limited series. This one is not based on any novel. He he wrote an uh, original concept on this. I mean, original and scare quotes. Um, all on his own. It's about a small island community and the ex-con who comes back to live with his family and suddenly the new charismatic priest that may or may not have brought a big secret back with him. Also, his first love has... the the ex-con's first love is back and readjusting to life on an island where scary things start to happen. Mike Flanagan did uh, The Haunting of Hill House and The Haunting of Bly Manor. You can find our uh, podcasts on both of those that uh, we liked and disliked to varying degrees. Yeah. I think we liked Bly Manor way more than yeah, we liked Honey really Hill House. Yeah, I, we loved Bly Manor. Yeah. So, um... I watched the whole thing. Justin watched one, uh, two episodes. So I'm going to let him tell me what he thought first. And then we'll talk a little bit more. I
1: don't even want to say much because I was just for a variety of reasons. I was just sort of not very present that night and wasn't focusing at all. <laughs> and, uh,
0: did you find it spooky atmospheric? Did you, I mean, I know you liked some it, of the shots. Yeah, and some of the yeah, acting. Yeah. It's well
1: shot. It's, I, it, yeah, I just wasn't engaging with it, right. and I don't know why. They th- that first episode throws so many characters at you, and I just was somehow just preoccupied and yeah. not be able to really even like right. I'm going narrative. to
0: encourage you in about three or four months to yeah. go back and watch the whole thing, and yeah. I think you will enjoy it yeah. way more than yeah. than your distracted brain lets there you. There were
1: some spooky um, cat eyes in the forest. Ah, that was um, good. That was fucking yeah. scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I my face blindness, uh, this show is not a show for face blind people. Especially
0: not when watching it in during the day and it's a dark show. So, <laughs> I yeah.
1: d- literally had no idea who I was looking at. Justin kept was saying, like... I'm getting
0: a new TV! <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, I want to hear what you thought about it without spoiling too much for
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go too yeah. deep with spoilers. Yeah. Um, I thought that this took the camp of Haunting of Hill House and the emotion of Haunting of of Bly Manor and weaved them together in a very interesting way. Um, This show really worked for me, and in the second episode, I could tell that you weren't engaging, so I got nervous about, oh, I'm making him watch something he doesn't want to watch, which is not on you. That's just my own internal thing, but... uh, then when I sat down and watched it on my own, and I let it kind of take me over, uh, then yeah. I was a little embarrassed that I was sobbing. And and but I think Mike Flanagan does loss very well, and like beautiful loss, yeah, um, beautiful sacrifice, and understands uh, like young love and familial love really, really well. I'm trying not to go too spoilery. Um, this has this is really all about. I think more about parental relationships. The Blimantle manner was more about uh, love relationships, right. and this this has that at you know there is a relationship that is a romantic relationship, but it's really much more about parental love, right? In several different forms and parental sacrifice and. Uh, It has the camp of the overly crazy, like, Carrie White's mother religious, you know, character, and it has the fun, crazy, um, I don't want to go too spoiler alert, but it has, like, some crazy horror camp things that you can super enjoy, but it also has, um, I can't think of Rahul's last name, and, uh, uh, from he was he played Owen in *Blind Manor, and he plays the morgue uh, attendant, uh, coroner in *I Zombie*, and he is so talented. And he he plays a parent in this, and I really think that it is much more about parental love and parental sacrifice, and and children understanding, like really tuning into what a parent, how a parent loves you, and and will sacrifice and also love maybe for you. that's a
1: difference in our viewing experience because i don't have kids and you yeah. know like there must be something that i wasn't seeing in it no also. it's yeah, yeah. and it,
0: it you have to get yeah. three or four episodes in right. for it to get there right. and particularly in the last two episodes and i think henry thomas gave a, a truly Strangely, even though he's like in this weird old man makeup and but he gives us a truly like kind of subtle and nuanced he's great. uh restrained father who loves his children but doesn't know how to say it, yeah performance that I just this sort of east coast like fisherman type. Right and I thought he was great. There's still
1: something about him that he still has the E.T. like Elliot like energy like there's something really interesting to watch about him because it's so part of our childhood and for me like almost a way to tap into emotions being a boy like I that's what I think about when I think about Elliot and like he carries that through his career in a way that I find really interesting.
0: Right (laughs) and you're gonna love him in this because he does so much of that so much not you know in Haunting of Hill House he was so he didn't get to do a lot of yeah. it wasn't his show right and he's the dad in this and it kind of is his show and Hamish Linkletter gives a sometimes super over the top and ridiculously <laughs> hammy and yet genuine performance right so I I thought this right. was, like hurt in some really great ways, and was fun in some really great ways, and spooked me out in some great ways. I really liked Midnight Mass. I don't think it's like you know a cinematic masterpiece or anything, it's a but good. I watch. totally recommend it. Nice, and I will I'm totally so give glad to have. Some yes. point, so. I was so glad to have Zach Guilford back. I love you, QB one, Matt Harrison for life. I need a jersey. <laughs> he was on Friday Night so. um So that's that. Uh, now my the rest of uh, I did what you saw there that I won't rope Justin into. I watched on Netflix, they have a documentary series called Untold. Each one is, I think, sports-related. I just picked one out. I watched uh, Crimes and Penalties, which is basically... Remember how all of the fractured fairy tales on um, Rocky and Bullwinker had little subtitles? This one was, What Happens When AJ Soprano, and I mean literally, falls in love with the Mighty Ducks? So this is about... um, This minor league hockey team that a mob guy bought for his son, his 17-year-old son, to run because his son didn't want to play football because he fell in love with the Mighty Ducks and became a hockey player but then got injured so he couldn't play hockey anymore. So his dad bought him a minor league team so that he could be the general manager. And then they brought in a whole bunch of, like, bruisers and they beat the shit out of everybody and they were, like, the bad guys of hockey. They called themselves the trashers because his dad, who they think might have been the the basis for Anthony Soprano what? on the Sopranos. And this kid's name is actually AJ because he's Anthony Jr. Like AJ Whoa. Soprano. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a documentary? Yes. Oh God, it's the
0: craziest hour and a half of TV about this. And they like money laundered and pl- paid these guys to like beat the shit out of people. And they, they're one of their coaches had been AJ's, minor league coach and he was like famous for like checking the kids and the first thing that they had they say did you check the kids and he goes did I check middle schoolers into the boards when I was coach absolutely cocaine's a hell of a drug the man's name is T-bone
1: what is checking into the board to like with a stick and
0: like checking like pushing them into the boards with your stick middle schoolers cocaine's a hell of a drug wow (laughs) So, I super recommend everyone to pick, to watch Untold Crimes and Misdemeanor, uh, Crimes and Penalties on Netflix. It is a wild hour and a half of TV. That sounds good. And it's a series? Yeah, but not all of them are, they're all about different uh, uh, sports-related things. (laughs) Not even crimes, but yeah, Yeah. just untold stories of, like, sports shit. But this one I had heard a little bit about, and and Parker and I sat and watched it, and we're just... We were laughing and just sort of jaw dropped the whole time. Nice. Um, American Horror Story, the first half has come to an end. Never, ever trust a violinist. Ever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't like the violinist. Let
0: alone when they're a nine-year-old and they want to be the best. Yeah. Because the the true villain of this season so far is this nine-year-old who...
1: Violin player.
0: She's a violin player. She wants to be the best and she like... Spoiler alert! Sacrifices her mommy to the "you're not talented" pill. Remember how I talked about that right, pill? That if right. you take it, turns you into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She 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 manipulated her mommy into taking it, okay. so that she wouldn't have to deal with her mommy anymore because she knew that her mommy wasn't talented.
1: I will say this may be the longest you've watched a season.
0: I mean, since we've been it? recording the podcast, yes. I watched all. I did watch all of season one, and I go on and now we bring on aliens,
1: so. So would you recommend this first half? Like, you finished it, or did you finish it like there's nothing else on it? No,
0: I didn't finish okay. it like there's nothing else on I really like Vampires, and yeah. I really like Evan Peters. Also, Evan Peters, cheers to you, and you're, um, you're the only white person that won an Emmy that I was proud of this <laughs> This this episode. I'm Dude, so upset with, the, with the whole friggin' yeah. The Crown thing.
1: Yeah. I didn't even pay attention. I saw Emmy stuff, and I was like, no. nope. Not if you matters. acted in
0: The Crown, and you were lily white, they gave you an award and ignored everybody in Lovecraft country and everybody who actually deserved it. That's the Emmys. That's wrong. Except for Evan Peters, who did get his for mayor of East And I love Evan Peters so much that I'm okay with it. Okay. Although yeah. I did. I, I think even Evan Peters would say, I would prefer that it went to right. Michael K Williams. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, is it good? No, but it didn't go. It was, you could follow everything that was happening. It, it, it took like three storylines and it went with them. It didn't go totally bazoo. Now, apparently we're going to get aliens and I'll probably one episode and I'm out. I'll keep it posted. <laughs> aliens are pretty boring. Yeah. Um, real housewives of salt Lake city and Beverly Hills. Here's my little fractured fairy tale, um, subtitle, uh, we need to talk about your Ponzi scheme, <laughs> or my fraud. My fraud honor student can kick your fraud <laughs> honor student's ass. These are not actually honor students, but Ponzi schemes. Okay, so I've talked earlier about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Eric and Jane, and how her husband was like the Aaron Brockovich lawyer who took all of the PG&E fire money's guy, and and she had to know, and that's right. Okay. Right, right. Okay, so here comes Salt Lake City, and there's this woman named Jen Shaw. Who gets arrested on fucking... Actually, she tries to avoid being arrested in the first episode on fucking camera because she has a telemarketing Ponzi scheme where (laughs) she's been defrauding old people for, like, you know, business coaching services for years. And she gets arrested in the first episode and then they do the dreaded one month earlier. So... Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills is really fucking happening, and there's lots of people throwing shade and actually getting in trouble. And the Schadenfreude is thick, and I'm really enjoying and you it. Loved
1: it, yes, awesome.
0: <sighs> fucking billions, you guys! Billions is back.
1: <laughs> Why I
0: can't I quit billions?
1: It's every time you talk about it, I will say it's probably one of the most consistent things in this podcast over the years. Is like the pain that Bill and like I know that you. Watch things that you know you don't like, or whatever or you feel like. Whatever this is the guilty pleasure. Billion seems to cause. I you don't even enjoy pain. it.
0: I don't <laughs> enjoy it. I fucking hate it, and yet I cannot stop watching it. Uh. Asia Kate Dillon, Maggie Sith, This is what I do for you both. I love you, Paul Giamatti. Over, um, like COVID, lost. Probably seventy five pounds and like had some sort of dermabrasion. He doesn't Whoa. look like the same person, and I really don't like oh, it. I gotta look that up. Corey stole. Why are you sexy? I don't
1: understand. Yeah, it, That math doesn't make sense. It doesn't but
0: make I sense, but yeah, yeah. But I totally would. Um, I hate this show, and I, I, I hate this show. It's so bad. The writing is stupid. On the nose, over the stop, top, like Aaron Sorkin on eight fucking like huge basketball pump-sized IVs of testosterone, which is saying something. And I hate it. It's on the nose. It's gross. It's disgusting. It's, oh, here, let me reference this hyper-male movie. And I, I hate it. I'm, and yet I can't stop watching it.
1: I'm going to say I just looked up uh, Paul Giamatti weight loss. You know who he looks like? Neil Tennet from the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs>
0: yeah, he's freak. It's freaking weird, and it's unsettling, yeah. and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, to make yourself feel better, look at a picture of Paul Giamatti, and then go look at the wild at comedywildlifephoto.com. Go find the finalists for the twenty twenty one comedy nature comedy photos, and make
1: yourself happy. So delightful. Do I it. I highly recommend that as well.
0: What did you see that we did there, Justin?
1: So I started with. I'm going to start off some, with some things that I tried, and by tried, I mean made it maybe 20 minutes in each of these things. Um, I want to like musicals. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> like, I, you know, I liked Hamilton. I like a lot of the classic musicals. The new musicals, I'm often a little baffled by many of them. I tried to watch Come From Away. Uh, which do you know about this at all? Did we talk about this? I can't even remember. It is um, something that debuted on Broadway like four years ago. Everyone went crazy. It won a ton of Emmys. This, Tony's, this is about a true story right after nine eleven. Yes. It's a musical. Oh, okay. I know. I know what it
0: is. <laughs> yeah. But we haven't talked
1: about it. Um, it. It is like terrible community theater actors singing bad melodies that are basically riffing off like the Wikipedia page about that person. I, this is, I fucking nix this show it's so hard. I don't know what people are Hi, responding Connie. to. Um, it is so like, like a, like, I don't know. I was in New York for 9 11. This thing just made me just be like, this is why they hate us. I mean, that, that was actually my reaction to it. We used to say that a lot post 9 11 in New York. Um, It's so weirdly sentimental and like I I couldn't stand it. I hated the music. I hated everything about this. To update,
0: this is about the small town in Canada that took all of the that all of the planes that were not allowed to land diverted in during nine eleven. And, what, and and they then, all stayed there for a couple of weeks. Yeah, right? and the
1: town took care of them. And yeah. I'm sure it's a very sweet story. Very that good story. Probably could have made a very nice article in The New Yorker it or did. whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why anybody thought we needed a musical version of this. Um also, similarly... Come from away, come oh my, from... Oh my god, the songs are so bad. Because
0: all I can see is Come Fly Away. Yeah,
1: That's just... Yeah, 100%. Um, everybody's talking about Jamie is the latest, like, West End musical that they've turned into a movie. They
0: made a musical out of everybody's... We need to talk about Kevin?
1: Um, so you know this joke, right? No, I I've don't, been, but- So I'm going to now sing to you, this is... Wow, you beat me to my punchline here, that Dave and I disliked this musical so much that we started coming up with our own We Need to Talk About Kevin musical that went, we need to talk about Kevin. We've got to do something soon. We need to talk about Kevin. Oh no! He's got a harpoon! (laughs) Um, (laughs) Thwack! I would have been way more into that musical. Oh,
0: I would have watched that Um, musical in a second.
1: Everybody's Talking About Jamie is about a young gay kid who is also interested in drag and that that's the big thing that everybody's like. It's not about him coming out as a gay kid. It's about him coming out as a drag queen. That's very sweet. I guess that's nice. This movie is so flat-footed. The lead performance, I, terrible. Like oh. I'm just like, you couldn't have just grabbed somebody from Drag Race, like who looks maybe like they could have played sixteen. Um, it yeah, is. Yeah,
0: there's some of them.
1: Yeah, it is. I, the music is not, I actually, the music was actually, it was definitely better than Come From Away. Come From Away! Um, but it just, uh, both these shows, I don't, I've had a weird week though, so I'm also just not trusting my, like, nastiness, cause I just, like, I think everything just looks like poop right now. So, um, that's, sort of like, not a fan of these. Um. Wow. Richard, That's a lot of stuff. Richard E. Grant shows up later. I didn't make it that far. I love Richard I've, E. Grant. I've heard he's great. He plays like an older drag queen who's a mentor. I just That's found sweet. this very cloying in the worst possible, like British, like kind of the Britishy generic way, which I'm not a fan of. Fair. You, when you come British, you come fucking British. <laughs> I don't know hey, what that means. I'm
0: a little afraid, um, but okay, moving on. Right,
1: moving on to real high art. Um, nailed It is back on Netflix. <laughs> um, this show is... I turned my mom on to ne- uh, Nailed It, finally, um, in Tahoe, and she was laughing her ass off, and it made me had so she happy. she never seen it? She'd never seen it. Oh, I love and, that. And some, similar to what you've said, she was mostly, I think, just watching me like... Oh, yeah, you
0: really enjoy the it. the
1: show. It just it makes me laugh harder than in anything in the world. Um, yeah, it's it's so good and delightful. And Nicole and Jacques' like, weird um, chemistry is just <laughs> the best thing ever. They I don't still
0: know. haven't topped Sylvia Weinstock.
1: Yeah, I know. They, they definitely could use some better judges and stuff. Bring it's, back you know, Sylvia!
0: Bring back right?
1: Sylvia! <laughs> um, I did watch Doomed, the untold story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. Um, this movie... In 1994, this is sort of between, um, you know, the Batman movies, but before the X-Men first movies, so superhero movies were, like, not a thing. Roger Corman, who is a trash B-movie, like, um, made a Fantastic Four movie with nobodies who you've never heard of on, like, a budget of, like, $5. I mean, it was more than that. (laughs) But this... It's so interesting as a sort of snapshot of where before, like the big Marvel Renaissance, where superhero movies were. It is the campiest, worst, like, and these people that are in it, God bless them, all seem like the sweetest people. They thought they were making the next Star Wars, <laughs> and the movie is this sort of like almost like sweet black comedy about these like oh. sad people making a really terrible version of the Fantastic oh, I'm Four. Upset. <laughs> yeah, um, I will say I've been reading a bunch of Fantastic Four. And I'm, it's so, I'm kind of fascinated by this, like, quest people have to make it, because it's, I think, one of the most beloved comedy properties of all time, because I think kids read it, and sort of this idea of, like, your whole family is fantastic, like, everybody's got powers and whatever is, like, the fun thing about it, but I don't think they're ever going to make a, like successful movie where one guy's power is to stretch as far as he can and tie himself in a around people and the other guy is like a big dumb ugly rock monster who talks about like Nancy Street it's just like I just don't know that the Fantastic Four is ever going to work I, prove me wrong please but man this movie is fun and super just I don't know if you like any of that comic stuff check it out it's on Amazon Prime um, Ted Lasso ugh, talk about shows that like I, I think I said to you earlier like it it, this show is just like one in, one out, like it's a hokey pokey. I'm doing with this goddamn show. I I, I want. Well, I don't even want to like it. It just sort of like sucks me in, and then at the next minute it kind of disappoints me. It just keeps doing this so consistently. <laughs> like they've been dealing. Sorry, spoilers for the latest Ted Lasso stuff. Um, I will say this season, I've been happy that they've actually tackled what is behind this maniacal chipperness of this american in in england okay. and w- like is there maybe a problem here that's right. not only harming the people around him in some ways because he's so chipper that he's actually not really engaging and that also like what's behind that right. for him um, so I, I sort of appreciate that there's a team therapist this season uh it did dive into kind of some serious family kind of history stuff with him it made me cry. I've just had kind of that kind of week, but it did also sort of, it always pulls its punches. Like it's like, yeah, it's just like, well, you're in therapy now. Things are fine. So, and it's like, that's not how therapy works. (laughs) Um, and also it's very hard to then just go out and put on that chipper face after you've kind of started to engage with feelings like that. And so I just don't think it's a very accurate representation of real kind of mental health struggles. But again, Glad they addressed why he's such a chipper fuck. Um, the other two on HBO Max, uh, I talked about it last week or last episode. I'm talking about it again. Second season of the other two. I know this is not your thing, Fanny. This show. I didn't say
0: it wasn't my thing. I just don't think it's as brilliant. I don't <sighs> think it's like every episode isn't.
1: No, every episode. There's definitely some clunkers. I just
0: feel the yeah. SNL in it. I, yeah. it's not anything but that.
1: They did a hill song, uh, the crazy hipster creepy church. Parody. Um, this We're epi-
0: looking at you, Chris Pratt. This
1: whole episode is basically about the kid getting baptized to like get a fashion line or whatever through like the church. There's some connection, and all of the kids and the manager of the the kid uh the, the siblings of him and whatever all end up getting baptized at the church at one party because they're realizing all the connections they can make um there's like a total whatever the guy's name is it's like the sexy shirtless like yeah. guy at the pool um who sings a song that's like Christ fucking slays like it's like it's an amazing parody it also has my favorite joke i would say of anything i've seen this year where the sister in the family basically falls in love with the pretty Hillsong women that are flying on their own jet to Mykonos and she's like totally stressed out and doing all this work stuff and she Googles on her phone, Mykonos how look look <laughs> to look at pictures of Mykonos I, that joke made me laugh harder than anything else all year <laughs> Yeah, um, I love the other two Malignant, uh, also on HBO Max this is James Wan's bat, bat <laughs> Bat shit crazy. Um, that
0: was exciting. Sorry.
1: Yeah, we're good. We got it. We were covered. Um, you've got the batshit crazies. Uh, this is so deeply terrible and funny and disgustingly violent. It, uh, I had actually. It's like I talked about Suicide Squad the other day. I was like, oh, it didn't really bother me. This is like malicious, like head stomping, squishing like bones breaking and popping out of people's bo- it's like Good really boy. gross um but i also thought it was really funny it is like i don't know if you've ever seen any of like basket case or the oh, yeah i yeah. i have
0: it
1: it's got that in its dna it is a, like a bad midnight movie and so i sort of appreciated it what it was going for it's just not my thing maybe um Something that I've been reading a lot about not on the horror for Justin. scene. Yeah, definitely not for Justin. Evil on Paramount+. Plus. which I have is talked formally... about this
0: before, yeah. and I keep wanting to watch the rest of it. I enjoyed the first four episodes I watched.
1: So I kept hearing about this episode where they did a silent... I mean, when I was reading about it, I was like, oh, they did a, the Buffy Gentleman right. episode. Yeah, it's a monastery. Hush. Do you know? Have you heard about this episode? I don't think so. So basically, it's a monastery where... There's a demon locked in a box. And if anybody speaks, like, they risk, you know, awakening the demon. It's the second season. Okay, second season. Yeah. And um, it's... Really, really good, and now not knowing anything about these characters, I'm oh, super so compelled. You just watched the episode and I didn't saw watch the, the show first episode of the show and right. liked it actually. I no, just no, sort of no. Didn't... I know
0: that, but I'm saying you yeah. watched this episode without watching any. Yeah,
1: because of... everyone was ah. raving that it was like this masterpiece, and so I was like, maybe this will get me back into the show. Um, it is really spooky it's really funny it has this friendship
0: that show it's funny it
1: has this friendship between the sort of main sort of detective woman and a a woman who works in the monastery and they're totally like talking with no dialogue and they form this like like female friendship in this kind of toxic, religious, yeah. masculine. Ketchup
0: Herbers is good. And Herbers? I don't know how to pronounce it. Yeah, her name, I found it. very good.
1: Super compelling. And then there's also some really scary shit involving like skeletons that come to life and like bot flies, but it's like, it's gross, but it's not too gross. It really was like, this might be it for Justin's show. I might and have is, to go back and watch this.
0: Is Mike Coulter in it?
1: Yes. God, he's so beautiful. Cool. man. Yeah.
0: My God. Totally he's good. so beautiful. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, Back to life on Showtime. Did Back you, to did, life. Did you watch this? It yes, was, we yes. watched this. We talked about it. Okay. Have you watched any of the second season yet? Yeah. I, I only know. watched the first episode. It's. I mean, she's so compelling and it's such a strange, specific story. You should watch,
0: epi- uh, you should watch uh, yeah, episodes. Okay. She's, on in Showtime. That too. she's yeah. so funny on episodes and it's just. You know, I know I've tried to talk talk you into watching episodes before. You know what it is, right? Yeah, the 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 British couple comes over and they have to write their show for an American audience, and Matt LeBlanc plays a like you know the crappy version of himself, but he's so good and fabulous and funny, and the British couple are great, and the woman who's in Back to Life is one of the Hollywood like assistants, and she's hilarious.
1: I gotta go. I'll watch that at some point. Um, So it's so good. The one other fun thing about Back to Life was my mom had discovered on her own and was like, I'm watching this show. You probably won't like it. I was like, I know the show. Um, and she was like, what? And I was like, we talked about it on the podcast. Listen, listen to the podcast. podcast. I can't
0: listen uh, to you. You guys talk too fast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, it's, it's fun. Which it's a specific, fair? We talk too fast. Yeah. I, I will continue to watch this. I find the parents on that show hilarious, the whole story about her cheating and the husband is like obsessed with like saving the environment and yeah um, there's some there's some good stuff in there i wouldn't say it's like the greatest show ever but i know but it's yeah it's very watchable watchable. yeah um i watched also a very junky um uh, found footage movie (gasps) because it wouldn't be a next episode what's it called about it it is called death of a vlogger (laughs) yes that's not you heard right well did the video
0: vlogger get vlogger get killed because he's a vlogger
1: (laughs) And a found footage film? Also, I love how quickly these things date, because nobody talks about vlogs anymore, right? That's not a thing. Like, this movie is, like, a couple years old. No, they're YouTubers now. Right. Or like,
0: influencers. Death well, of an influencer. Like,
1: the one advantage of a, of a found footage movie is it should take no time to make, and so you should be able to keep up with the terms. It didn't nah. even do that right. But I will say, one thing I liked about it, it's set in a modern la hotel in like downtown la and there's been some murders there and they're kind of investigating it and i've always been like my god a really skilled found footage person would be able to do a modern not in the woods like in a very like modern setting and do like this well
0: security cameras
1: yeah and
0: much like the documentary about the woman who ended up in the tank at that hotel in la oh uh elisa lamb okay and yeah, you could yeah. do something, because there's lots of found footage in a uh, an elevator and then up on the roof and stuff.
1: Yeah. That's I'm sorry, at the Lamb's same family, movie.
0: because that was kind of, that was a hard, very... Maybe
1: Maybe this was the sure inspiration for this. Weird. It, she,
0: is there an
1: a elevator roof and, a and there's roof. an elevator and
0: yeah, it's that's. Oh god, have you don't know anything about Lisa no, is Land? this Like a
1: downtown LA thing.
0: Yeah, it's in that super haunted hotel. Maybe uh, this is
1: specifically what it was referencing, and I didn't know that was a real story. Yeah, there's a super okay.
0: haunted hotel. Uh, it's what what American Horror Stories uh, Hotel was based god on it. it was the same okay. hotel, and uh, she was an exchange student, and she was in LA, and she was staying and there's. Uh, it turns out that she was probably maybe even undiagnosed schizophrenia. And uh, anyway, she ended up, they found her in the, the water tank. Okay. And then there's some moments didn't of, do that, but, maybe but there was, was sort of like some, Oh, was there some supernatural stuff that happened? And they've sort of solved it enough to know that she probably just killed herself. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if there was an elevator and a roof, it was probably based on the yeah. case. Yeah.
1: And now I'm thinking that maybe I'm also confusing the titles I watched two found footage movies. That's okay. And now I think Death of a Vlogger was actually the British one. So the one that was set in the LA downtown is not that one. Okay. And, but that's the one I enjoyed. So I screwed there that you. up. Okay. Um, they always screw up the ending of these things. So no matter where they're set. It's like nobody knows how to end a found footage movie. I don't Do know you? why. That's my big challenge in life. I'm going to figure out a script for a found footage movie that doesn't end. Uh, the one that I think. I'll ended, be in it. I'm not ending it The one I'm that not ended ending pretty well is As Above, So Below good one about the catacombs of Paris and they descended to hell. And it's got an actual twist ending as a found footage movie that is impressive. And I loved it.
0: Okay. Um, I will be in your found footage movie, but I'm not writing it.
1: One more thing to say. The Connors is back. They did a live episode. I hate live episodes. I'm mixing live episodes.
0: musical episodes and live episodes. If you can't nail them, don't do them.
1: Exactly. Like I thought 30 rock did a really nice job of their live episode. This was painful, and I love the Connors. I was like, don't start off the season like this. So, Nixing, yeah, unconfident live episodes. Um, I think that's it. Um, if you have thoughts about any of this stuff, you can talk to us on Facebook, The Next Podcast. We're at Motion and Nix at Gmail. I'm um, at Justin Hartung on Twitter. We're also at The Next Podcast on Twitter. I'm
0: at Fanny V Darling on Twitter.
1: We're pretty funny on Twitter. Come follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we are funny. Yeah, we got good good jokes. Yeah. Um, We will talk to you next time, um, most definitely about Eyes of Tammy Faye. Yes. Yeah, we're very excited to see this. So uh, hopefully we'll talk to you sooner than once a month, because that's our new goal. It's only
0: been a couple weeks. Yeah. All right.
1: Take care. Next time.